0: Good afternoon, everybody. How's everyone doing? Good. It is good to see everyone. We're having fun so far today. We will have a uh, altar call for repentance at the end of service for for anyone who cheated on the <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Niila' over there saying I did not cheat, so she's standing her ground. But we are continuing in the advent season and uh, as we lead up to Christmas. Just as we talked about last week, Advent is a season, number one, to remind us of how important Jesus is in our lives. How many would say Jesus is so important in our lives? Amen? So remind us of the importance of Jesus. Number two, it prepares us to celebrate Christ's birth at Christmas. There can be so many distractions and so many things going on this season, but it prepares us to celebrate. And I love this as well, though, too, but Advent also reminds us that He's coming again. Somebody say, He's coming again. Oh, come on, we can do a little bit of that. Say, he's coming again. And so this Advent season here at Toronto State Church, our focus has been on joy. Everybody say joy. And so let's start by reading our core text, and then we are going to pray. Luke 2, 8 to 20, it says this, And in the same region there are shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among those with whom He's pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherd told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they'd heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's pray. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name today, and Lord, we thank you. Just for the opportunity we have to gather to worship, to honor you, to lift you up. The honor we have to be together here as church family, God, for all those who are also joining us online and uh, are with us from uh, virtually from some other location, God, we bless them as well, and thank you that they're able to be here. And Father, today as we take some more time in this Advent season to focus on joy, I thank you for doing such a work in our hearts. Lord, I thank you for taking us deeper in your joy. I thank you for a greater manifestation of joy. God, I pray for those who, who, uh, who need that touch of joy in this time, God, that you will do that work in their hearts. And we thank you for all this today in Jesus' name. Everyone agreed said. May somebody say joy to the world. And so as I mentioned, last week we started our focus and our series on joy We talked about how joy is one of the key distinctives of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We talked about how joy is a key characteristic of the personality of God. That so often we've been taught to see God as solemn, as sad, as distant. We we very rarely have this picture of God being filled with joy, and yet A fruit of the Spirit, first and foremost, is the characteristic of God and who He is, and God is filled with joy. In this element of the fruit of the Spirit, we also talked about how joy is a fruit of the Spirit, and as the Holy Spirit works in our lives, one of the things He produces is joy. The joy is not something that you and I have to try and manufacture by ourselves or on our own, but joy is a a byproduct or a fruit of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. We talked about how joy is an attitude that God's people adopt. Not because of happy circumstances, but because of their hope in God's love and God's promise. So I want to take some more time today, and I want to talk to you about joy. But I particularly want to focus on, I want to have just a real conversation there. Are we okay to have real conversations in church? I I want to go back. I want to focus on this whole thing where it talks about joy is an attitude that God's people adopt. Not because of happy circumstances, but because of their hope in God's promises and God's love. And I want to talk to you, if you're FOMA, let, let's have a real conversation of how do we really honestly have joy when circumstances are not good? You know, like I know we come into church and, you know, I'll get up and preach and share these messages and we talk about it. And so often we go, yeah, okay, but, but I know sometimes some of us are sitting back there and go, okay, but really, how does that actually work? How can I actually have joy in my life when my life is not very enjoyable right now? How can I have joy in my life when now I am not having happy circumstances, but I'm having some really hard circumstances right now? How do I have joy when my life is hard? How do I have joy when I'm going through trials? How do I have joy when I do not feel joyful? How, how do we actually do that? How does that actually work? Because we, we need to understand these things or else it's just nice theological concept. But behind the scenes, many of us are thinking, I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know if that makes sense. You know, we kind of smile and nod and yes, amen, pastor. But in our heart, we're going, I, I just don't even know how to get there. I feel so far from that right now. You know, if we're, if we're honest, many of us in this room, we are facing some things in our lives right now that are hard. It's been a hard year. There's lots of challenges in the world around us. You know, we put ourselves together, come to church, smile and laugh and play kahoot games and do all these things is good. I mean, it, that's normal. You're not necessarily going to come in and wear your feelings on your sleeve all the time, but many people sitting here right now are, are going through some stuff. And i just want to say, oh, yeah, have joy, guys. Be filled with joy. Ha, ha, ha. You know, and, and you're sitting there hurting. I don't even know how to do that. How can we be filled with joy? How can we actually live this out? You know, even as we come into Christmas, there's a lot of beautiful things about Christmas. A lot of things we celebrate, a lot of things we love. But you know, for some of us, Christmas is about getting together with our family, and family isn't doing really well right now. Or Christmas is recognizing there's someone we really wish are going to be at the table that aren't at the table. Or maybe we've gone through a a marriage breakdown and... Just, we don't even feel like we have family. I mean, there's all these things. We're grieving somebody we've lost. There's somebody sitting here saying, Pastor, this is not a very joyful message at the moment. But, you know, how, how, do we, how do we have joy when it's hard? How do we have joy when we're not enjoying life very much? I want to talk about that today. Because if we're going to talk about God wants us to be filled with joy and God wants their to have joy, then, then that joy has to be strong enough even for adverse circumstances. The joy has to be strong enough even when we're facing sadness and pain. Let's go to James 1, 2-4. We're just going to look at some different passages that talk about this. And James 1, 2-4 says this. Count it all joy, my brothers, and the footnote says, and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Somebody say, count it all joy. Now, that's a turn of phrase that some of us won't use very much or very often, but we'll we'll, we'll unpack it and break it down a little bit. But let's, let's talk about this passage. The first thing I want us to see from this verse, and you know, one of the things I love about the Bible is the Bible is real. Like when the Bible tells a story, I don't know about you, but if I was writing the story about myself, I'd try and leave some of the bad parts out. i try and minimize some of the bad parts, but the Bible just tells it all. David slays Goliath. David falls into sin with Bathsheba and kills her husband. I mean, you know, it's just like the Bible just lays, the Bible is real. And what I love about here is that this first part says, joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet ver- trials of various kinds. Guys, we're going to face trials in life. It's part of the human experience. The Bible says it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. And we are going to face trials. We are going to face difficulties. We are going to face problems. I know this isn't part of a verse that we necessarily like to put up on our fridge or put up on our mirror that we're believing for or put on our screensaver or our phone. But you know what? We are going to face trials. We are going to face challenges or difficulties. And just because we become a Christian and we're following Jesus, that does not exempt us from trials or battles or difficulties. Sometimes it creates even more. Because there's some people around us who don't understand our faith or walking out or following Jesus. Is, we're paying a price for it. It can even create that. But there are going to be trials or difficulties. So if you're going through a trial or difficulty today, I want to just encourage you, you're not going through something that, that, that should be seen as unusual or something that, well, I'm a Christian, I, I didn't have enough faith, I shouldn't, no. When you go through trials of various kinds, I love it too, it says various kinds. In other words, James, being honest, he said, listen, you're going to go through a lot of different stuff. We're going to go through a lot of different stuff. So if you're going through something different, you know, this year for some of us it has been that, but you're in good company. It was happening... 2,000 years ago when James was writing this book, believers were facing trials. You know what, 2,000 years later, believers are still facing trials. But see, here's what I want to encourage you in that, because that's where we start. But then James tells us something very important. He says, listen, when you go through trials, count it all joy. Everybody say, count it all joy. In other words, there's an opportunity, he says, for joy. There's an opportunity, and count it all joy. That is something that is very intentional. In other words, he says, yeah, listen, you're going to go through trials. You're going to go through difficulties. But you have an opportunity in the middle of your trial or difficulty to lean into joy. I really want you to catch this. Count it all joy. Joy is something that you lean into. It's not something that just happens to you. We've got to make a decision. I love some different translations. of The NIV says this, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. New Living Translation says it this way, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. The Passion Translation says this, My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. So see, I want to encourage you today. You might be going through some stuff. And you know what? You are going to go through things. And I hate to tell you, if you're not going through something right now, at some point in the future, there will be a trial. There will be a battle because that's just the life that we live in right now. But the Bible tells us, and he says, God says to us, he says, listen, when you're going through trials, that's, that's inevitable, but you have a choice to receive and walk in joy. You have a choice to receive in and walk in my joy. You can focus on the trial or the problem, And you can make that the big deal, or you can choose to walk in joy in what you walk through. And watch this this is a very important part. Number three count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet various trials of various kinds. For you know. Everybody say, for you know. This is so important, guys. We can talk about there's going to be problems and challenges and trials in life. This is just the nature of things. This is the way it goes. But the Bible says there's an opportunity in trials. You don't have control over the trials that you may go through, but you have control over what you choose to walk in, the attitude and the heart you have. And the Bible says there is supernatural joy that is available for you, not by might nor by power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. There is supernatural joy available for you, no matter the trial, no matter the difficulty, no matter the challenge, I may not know what you're going through today, but I can tell you I know a God who has joy that you can walk in in the middle of that. But here's what connects it. For you know, joy comes from what you know. Joy comes not from the trial. Get this. This is going to be a theme. I'm going to show this to you in several scriptures. Sometimes we hear this and we think I'm supposed to have joy because nothing's going right right now. No, that's not what you have joy. You might be in a season where nothing's going right. But joy comes from what you know. And furthermore, can I say this? Joy comes from who you know. Go on, someone tell your neighbor. Joy comes from who you know. See, the key in this passage, yes, you're going to go through trials. There's joy that's available to you for you know. What do you know today? Can I expand that? Who do you know today? Because it's what and who you know that are going to make all the difference as to whether you have joy in a trial or a difficulty. Who do you know? Who are you walking with? Who do you have? This relationship with God, that's the key. That's what we're talking about, more joy in the Lord. A little more further in this passage, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but we see it says, so that the testing of your faith. So this is what you know. Right, so you're going to have joy because you know this, the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now I'm not going to spend a long time here because I've got one main theme I'll go after, but I do want to say this. Everybody say steadfastness. Everybody say testing of your faith. Everybody say perfect and complete. Which in the original language actually means maturity. So God says, listen, you're going to go through some stuff. That's just life. You might be through some stuff right now. But God says, I've got joy for you, and this joy is going to come because of who you know and because of what you know, and because you can know in the middle of this trial that I've got you, and number one, that you are going to put your faith to the test. Now, a lot of people see this as passive. I don't see it as passive. I see it as intentional. In other words, when I go through something, I have an opportunity to grow in my faith, And I have an opportunity to believe God for the answer. See, faith in the Scriptures is always about victory. It's about overcoming. It's about continuing to trust. It's about pushing through. It's about seeing God. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And so when we see this, God says, listen, know this, the test of your faith. What are you believing God for in the middle of the trial? What are you believing God for? See, a lot of times, here's why some of us don't have joy. We're going through something and we're not believing God in it. But what are we believing God for? Further, we see here it says steadfastness. Everybody say steadfastness. What is steadfastness? Steadfastness is patience, perseverance, or I've been liking this word recently, kingdom grit. How many people got some kingdom grit? Some of you are like, I'm not sure what that is, Pastor. So I don't know if I got kingdom grit. Grit, when you have grit, you got a toughness. You got a tenacity. You're not going to get thrown off things easily. See, God is building in us. And what happens, God says, listen, there's an opportunity. Trials and difficulties are going to come. It's part of life. But you have an opportunity to have great joy because you know that in the middle of this, if you're trusting me, I'm developing your faith. I'm developing your steadfastness, your kingdom grit. And I'm developing your maturity what the enemies meant for evil, I am turning for good, and I'm causing this to rise and prepare you for even more of what I have for you. I was thinking about my son playing basketball, and you know, these guys train hard. He's getting up early in the morning. I remember they were like running hills early in preseason prep and doing all the things they were doing. It was hard. It was challenging. It would have been a lot more easier to sit on a couch and drink a nice drink and relax, but he knew he was preparing for something. He was getting ready for season, so he He's pushing himself. I want to encourage you. God's not the source of the trial or the difficulty, but God says if you trust me in the middle of it, if you learn to walk in joy, I'm going to develop your faith, I'm developing your patience, and I'm developing your maturity so what the enemy thought was going to push you down, I'm actually going to work through to push you higher so that you walk in all that I have for you. Come on, somebody say "Count count it all joy. Count it all joy. You know, one of the marks of maturity is how you handle trials, how you handle battles. See, you want to see how am I growing spiritually? Some people think spiritual maturity means how long I've been a Christian. No, no, it has to do with my obedience and my commitment to God. And if every time there's a battle, there's an attack, there's a trial, and I just fall apart, and I'm done, I can't do this anymore, I go eat ice cream and binge Netflix for two weeks, or I go backslide for the weekend, I don't want to do this anymore, listen, you got to look at your maturity and say, no, no, God, grow me so that I have this maturity so even when it's hard, I just stay the course. I count it all joy. Everybody say count it all joy. One of the hallmarks of spiritual maturity is walking in joy no matter the circumstances. Now someone says, well, I'm not very good at that. Okay, then just keep growing, because you will get there. God will help you. Let's look at another passage here, 2 Corinthians 6, 4 to 10. It says, but as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. Now watch some of what Paul experienced as a servant of God. By endurance, by great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, It's not sounding too joyful at the moment. (laughs) But this is some of the things that he took on to advance the kingdom of God. But also, verse 6, he says, By purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness in the right hand and the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as imposters and yet as true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying, and behold, we live as punished and yet not killed. Watch this, verse 10. There's so much here, but this is where I want to focus. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. So see this dynamic. Here's what I want us to get. Joy in God is not so much a fact that there's an absence of sorrow. There's going to be sorrow sometimes. There's going to be trials. There's going to be difficulties. very clear. But in the middle of that, we can still choose to rejoice. In the middle of that, we can still choose to walk in the joy that God has for us. Come on, somebody say rejoice. Come on, somebody say count it all joy. Joy is a choice. We choose to walk in it. We choose to lean into it. Even if we're going through some difficult things, we just go to the Lord. We say, Lord, I thank you today for your joy that is my strength. I thank you today for your joy that's in my life. And I choose to receive joy. I choose to walk in joy. Even in the middle of grief, I choose joy. Even in the middle of difficulty, I choose joy. Even in the middle of frustrations, I choose joy. I choose your joy today. We count it all joy. Romans 12, 9 to 12 says this Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Everybody say, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. See, the question today is, what I, how, how is a, how, how can I live in joy and how can I walk in joy even when things are difficult around me, when things that are happening in my life or in my world are so difficult? The first thing that I believe we can see from this passage, verse 11 says, do not be slothful in zeal, but be ser- fervent in spirit. Guys, we are not going to walk in joy if we are embracing a lukewarm, half-hearted Christianity. Anyone can be a Christian when everything's easy. Anyone can be a Christian when everything's going the way you want it to go. But it's when we face some challenges, when we face some difficulties, when things are hard, when things aren't going the way that's when we find out where am I really at. And I want to encourage you today. Some of us, the reason we're struggling with joy is because our faith is not very deep our faith is very shallow. Our faith is very me-based and me-centered and we do a kind of comfortable Christianity. So as soon as anything gets tipped over, anything gets hard, there's A-level attack. We're like, I'm out of here. I didn't sign up for all this. I'm done. We just lose it. But see, when you've got some wells that go deep in the things of God, when you put some roots down to your faith, even when the wind blows and even when the storms come and even when things happen, you draw joy from the Lord, and you draw joy from your relationship with Him. And so I want to encourage you today, if you're kind of light in your faith today, make a commitment, I'm going deeper in my faith. My roots need to go deep. My roots need to go deep in Him. Yo, it's interesting. I was talking with someone recently, and they were talking about, uh, actually a couple friends in some different conversations were telling me about this. Where one of the things they discovered was, you know, scientists would create these biodomes where they were uh, growing trees and growing plants. And they created this perfect protected environment. And everything was exactly how they needed to go and they were growing. these. Wild. But they started to find something, especially any plant of any size, any trees. It would grow to a certain point and then it couldn't go any further. And often they would topple over. And they realized the problem was this, there was no wind. There was no pressure against them. In other words, they had created such a perfect environment with no pressures that the trees actually couldn't stand on their own because it was learning to stand against the wind, learning to stand against the pressure that was helping the trees be strong enough to do it. Guys, I want to encourage you. I'm not preaching today that God, oh, God's just sending all these problems. No, that's just life. But I want to encourage you today that there's something about going deep in your faith, going through some battles, learning to trust God, coming back stronger, falling down, getting some people pray for you and pick you back up. Watch God come through in your life, taking out the lion, taking out the bear, and then you're ready for Goliath. Come on, if you, if, you, if, you give, if you run away from the lion, if you run away from the bear, you're never going to be ready for Goliath. And we can pray, yes, in Jesus' name, take down Goliath. Well, listen, then take down the lion in front of you. Take down the bear in front of you because God is preparing you for he's taking you. But we see this that. But here's what I want you to see. Rejoice in hope. What is hope? Hope is an earnest expectation. This is what Bible hope is. Hope is an earnest expectation that good is coming. See, a lot of times we see hope as something very weak. And I think it's just the way our English language has changed us. So most of the time we'll say, well, I hope so. What are we really saying when we say that? "Eh, I'm not sure, maybe, maybe not. I don't want to get my hopes up too much, so I hope it's going to happen. But we almost use it in a way like I'm really not confident. Right? Like if we're confident, we just say it's going to happen. But if somebody says, well, I hope it's going to happen, it almost gives this idea that it maybe probably won't happen. But see, that's totally different from what the Bible teaches hope. Hope in the Bible is actually this absolute rock-steady, firm confidence that good is coming my way. It's this rock steady confidence that God's promises are going to come to pass. The best way I can think of hope, and I love this example, is Christmas morning. My kids are not hoping there's going to be some presents from mom and dad for them. Because we don't do Santa Claus. You do Santa Claus you want to, but I'm not giving somebody else credit for my money buying presents that I give to my children. Uh, so as uh, this is from dad. This is not from Santa, right? This is from mom. This is from dad. I hope you enjoy it. But they don't go, well, I hope there's going to be, some of you, if my kids were like, well, I, I are you excited about Christmas? You get presents. Like, well, I hope so. Mom and Dad just never know. You never know what's going to happen every year. You'd be looking it's like, what terrible parents! Like, you're totally leaving your kids hanging right now. But yet, how often do we see God that way? But no, I want you to know, they know there's going to be a present. Now, they don't know what the present's going to be. They don't know exactly what it's going to look like. They don't know how it's all going to come together, but they know it's going to be there. And I want to encourage you today. That's what hoping God is like. I don't know exactly how. I don't know exactly when. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but I have hope in God. And I know that He's promised, and He's going to come through. And see, when I have... Have hope, that brings me the place of joy. I don't find joy in my problems. I find joy in God's promises. And so what we need to learn to do is I'm not going to focus on my problems. Yes, they're there, but I'm going to focus on what is God's promise in the midst of my problem. Because God's promise is where I'm going to find my joy. God's promise is where I draw joy from. And I learn to rejoice in the Lord. Everybody say rejoice in the Lord. See, you don't rejoice in your bank account. You rejoice in the Lord. Come on, you don't rejoice in your, 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 the plans, how everything's coming together. You rejoice in the, come on, you rejoice, Lord. I don't rejoice in the fact that maybe everything's going perfect with my kids. No, what I do is I rejoice in the Lord. See, hope is found in him, and I find joy in hope. And I love it, it says rejoice in hope. Come on, somebody say that again, rejoice in hope. What's the hope? What are you expecting and seeing from God? What word has he put in your heart? Because that's where you find your joy. And then I'm patient in tribulation. We see that patience again. And I'm constant in prayer. Let's look at another opportunity for this. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We see this. You guys see this endurance theme? This is really key. It's really, really key over and over and over again. Steadfastness, perseverance. Endurance, But in the middle of it, it doesn't have to just be a slog. There's joy in the middle. Let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking to Jesus. Watch this. The founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such as still among himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted guys, it says look to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus, when he went to the cross for you and me, he did not find joy in the cross. He did not find joy in the beatings. That was hard. He did not find joy in the whipping when they are tearing into his back with that cat of nine tails. He wasn't sitting there saying, oh, this is so joyful. I love this. No, it hurt. It was hard. When they marched him down the road and everybody was mocking him, he didn't find joy in that. He didn't find joy when they hammered the nails through his hands or hammered the nail through his feet or when they hung him up on that cross in front of the whole world or when all the sicknesses and diseases and all the attack of the enemy, the demonic onslaught was unleashed on him. He did not find joy in any of those things. They were difficult. They were hard. But here's what he found joy in. He found joy in the fact that he was rescuing you and me. He found joy in the fact that on the other side of this was going to be total victory. On the other side of this was going to be the defeat of death, hell, and the grave. On the other side of this was going to be taking captivity captive and bringing freedom to the world. On the other side of this was going to be seating at the right hand of the Father in all power and glory. Guys, the joy is not in the problem. The joy is in the promise. But if you just focus on the promise and you get so full of the promise of God, and even when it's hard right now you keep persevering and you keep going but in the middle of it you can have joy why because you have hope of what god has said and where he's taking you come on somebody say count it all joy come on someone declared i'm counting it all joy get so focused on him get so focused on your relationship with him and make a decision i'm counting this joy because the joy is there it's supernatural it comes from him but if we're focused on the problem and the circumstance and situation, we will never find the joy there. The joy is in the promise, the joy is in Him. John 15, verse 11. We're just going to bring this, getting close to landing this plane. John 15, 11 says this These things I've spoken to you, watch this, that your joy, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So, what did Jesus do so that joy would be in us and joy would be full? He said, I've spoken my word to you. These things that so. what is God saying. Joy is not going to be in the problem. Joy is in Him, and joy is in what rhema word is He speaking to you, because even when things are hard, you have that word from God, His promise. That's why you can't have Christianity light, because you got to know how to hear from God. you got to know how to discern what God's saying, and you got to know how to stand in God's promises. But in the middle of that, He says, I've spoken these things to you. I mean, first off, let me say this. Some of us our joy level is low, because our word level is low. The joy of the Lord is your strength but if your word level is low your joy level is going to be low because joy comes from the word Joy comes from God speaking to you, but there's this element of the Word, and it's supernatural. That's why, I mean, I'm glad I listen to podcasts, I I, I read books, I listen to teaching courses on things of the Scriptures, but none of that can replace my time in the Bible. None of that can replace my time in the Word of God, because joy is in the Word, and then I get the Logos in my life, that's written Word, and then there's the Rhema Word where God speaks to you, and then joy comes because you've heard Him speak to you, and you know what he is saying in that situation and you can choose to rejoice come on somebody say count it all joy another passage this is where we're going to kind of bring it back Three seventeen to 19 it says though the fig tree should not blossom nor fruit beyond the vines the produce of the oil olive fail and the fields yield no food the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls so let's pause right here this guy's having a rough season I know some of us, we don't totally connect with all these terms because it's an agrarian culture. But basically he's saying everything that can go wrong is going wrong right now. Nothing. The field, there's no food. There's no no oxen. There's no calves. Nothing is going well. So what is he going to do? Thus, I'm going to go watch Netflix and binge and eat ice cream for two weeks. No, that's not what he said, was it? Thus, I'm going to backslide for the weekend because this is just too hard right now. No, it's not what he said, is it? Thus, I'm going to call all my friends and complain to them about how God is just not coming through in my life right now and I don't understand what's going on. What he... No, it's not what he said, is it? Now, I'm not against you having some people that you're able to process what you're feeling with, but here's what he said Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Come on, somebody say, rejoice in the Lord. Even when everything is not going well. I mean, that's really the true test, guys. Even when everything seems to go wrong, he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. See it again? He makes a decision. It's not based on my circumstances, but it's based on my relationship with him. It's based on his promises in my life. I rejoice. I take joy in the God of my salvation. And what happens? Remember we talked last week, the joy of the Lord is our strength? Here's why this is so important. When we choose to do this, God the Lord, he says, is my strength. So what happens, watch this. This is why it's so important. I'm going through a trial. I'm going through a test. I'm going through a difficulty. I have a choice. But when I choose to rejoice, then what it says, the God the Lord is my strength. When you choose to rejoice, it's not just God saying, well, I just think you should rejoice. No, he says, listen, when you rejoice, I strengthen you. When you rejoice, I fill you in a fresh way. When you rejoice, I fill you with my power. That's why you need to choose to rejoice, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. If I just sit there in my grief, if I just sit there in my disappointment, if I just sit there and feeling overwhelmed and frustrated, there's no strength in that, guys. But when it's hard, but I choose to rejoice in God anyways then what it says is he says I make your feet like the deers and I make you to tread upon high places now most of us do not understand this reference and so wait for my cue on it Timo, I'll let you know don't oh you're running it already <laughs> give me this most of us don't understand this reference because we don't understand what does this deer in high places Because our deer don't run on high places. But in the Bible times, and in that part of the world, there's something called the ibex. And the ibex is a type of mountain goat or a mountain deer. And it literally scales cliffs. And I want you to see this, because this is what God says. I give you the power to do this when you rejoice. If you want to run that, look at that. It's just, uh, I want to show you a few clips. And these these goats, they literally... These sheep and these goats, these this deer, they literally go on cliffs and climb. They go somewhere where nobody else can go. They they move where nobody else can go. I mean, this looks absolutely crazy, but but their feet, the way God's designed them, they don't slip. They they literally can do all these different positions, so they stand and they are ready. See in that, and God says, "Thank you, Timmy." God. God says, "When you rejoice, this is what I empower you to do." When God says, when you rejoice, I empower you to take on difficult situations. When you rejoice, I empower you to stand firm when nobody else seems to be able to stand firm. When you rejoice, I empower you to do what I've called you to do. And so family, I want to encourage you today. And I want to encourage you, this is how you learn to walk in joy. Maybe things are hard right now. Maybe things are difficult right now. Maybe you just feel so much weight and pressure and grief in your life right now. You can choose to let that crush you, or you can choose in the middle of it to say, you know what, I don't feel it at all, but God, you said if I rejoice, you fill me with strength. You said if I rejoice, you will give me strength, and so I choose to receive, and I choose to walk in joy, and you say, Father, things are hard right now, but I'm choosing to rejoice. God, I'm choosing to rejoice because you are Emmanuel, God with us. You never leave me, and you never forsake me. Even if things are hard right now, I choose to rejoice rejoice because you said you keep in perfect peace whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. God, even if it's difficult right now, I choose to rejoice because you said that in you I have peace. In this world there will be trouble, but I would take heart because you have overcome the world. God, I choose to rejoice because your power is made perfect in my weakness. God, I choose to rejoice because you provide all my needs according to your riches and glory. God, I choose to rejoice because greater are you in me than anything in the world. God, I choose to rejoice because no weapon formed against me will prosper and every tongue that rises against me in judgment will be shown to be in the wrong. God, I choose to rejoice because I can do all things through your strength. God, I choose to rejoice because nothing will separate me from your love. God, I choose to rejoice because by your stripes I am healed. God, I choose to rejoice because when I wait on you, you renew my strength. You cause me to mount up with wings like eagles. I run and not grow weary. I will walk and not faint. God, I choose to rejoice because you know the plans you have for me, plans to prosper me, not to harm me, to give me a future and a hope. God, I choose to rejoice because you fight for me. I only need to stand still and see the salvation of my God. God, you cause me to rejoice because you cause all things to work together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. God, it's hard right now, but I choose to rejoice because when I walk through the waters, you are with me. And when I walk through the flood, it will not overwhelm me. God, it's hard, but I choose to rejoice because when I submit myself to you, I resist the devil and he has to flee. God, I choose to rejoice because when I train a child in the way they should go, in the end they will not depart from it. And they might be running from you right now, but they're only building their testimony, God, because you're bringing them back to you. Father, I thank you and I choose to rejoice for the mountains may depart. The hills may be removed, but your steadfast love will not depart from me. Your covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion. Father, it's hard right now, but I choose to rejoice because I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. And I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I say of you, Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress. My God in you I trust. Surely you deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. You cover me with your feathers. Under your wings I take refuge. Your truth is my shield and buckler. I will not be afraid of the terror by night nor the arrow that flies by day, the pestilence that walks in darkness nor the destruction of the wastelage lace the new day. A thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 my right hand, but it will not come near me because only with my eyes will I look and see the reward of the wicked because I've set my love upon you, God. You will deliver me. You will set me on high because I've known your name. I will call on you. You will answer me. You will be with me in trouble. You will deliver me. You will honor me. You will satisfy me with long life. You will show me your salvation. Come on, you say, God, I know it's hard right now. But I thank you that you are my shepherd, and I shall not want. You make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside still waters. You restore my soul. You lead me in the paths of righteousness. For your name's sake, even though I walk through a valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil my cup runs over surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in your house forever come on somebody say count it all joy guys that's how you find your joy You don't find your joy in the problem you find your joy in the promiser and his promises and it's making that decision I choose joy and I want to encourage you this Christmas season whatever's going on choose joy choose the promise choose what he said one last thing I want to say to you I just believe this is a word from the Lord Psalm 30 verse 5 his anger is but for a moment but his favor is for a lifetime Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning joy comes in the morning. I just say over some of you, you've been through a season of weeping. You've been through what you feel like is a dark night of the soul and it feels like the sun is never going to rise again. But Malachi 4 verse 2 says, but as for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings and you shall go leaping like a calf from the stall. I know it's been a dark night and I know it's been difficult and I know for some of you, you've cried so many tears But I want you to know today, morning is coming. The sun is rising. The sun of righteousness is rising. The devil will not be able to stop it. He cannot stop it. He may have had some time to take some shots at you, but you're still alive, you're still here, you're still loving Jesus, and you need to make that decision. He cannot stop the sun from rising, and the sun of righteousness is going to rise over your life in Jesus' name. And so, Father, come on, if you receive that, just raise your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for joy today in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for the Son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. And Father, I pray and I thank you that even when it's hard, we can rejoice in you. God, I thank you that we are trading our sorrows. And God, I thank you that we're trading our shame. And Father, I thank you today that we're laying it down for the joy of the Lord. And so we say yes to you today, God. Come on, if that's you, just say yes to God. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. We say yes. God, I thank you for a supernatural joy. I thank you for the sun of righteousness rising in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. That's what God, all. let's just stand to our feet for a moment. We're gonna finish this with a prophetic declaration and we're gonna declare that we're trading our sorrows and we're trading our shame and we're laying it down for the joy of the Lord. And if you're in this, you just need to be someone who says yes. Come on, how many people say yes?
1: Yes, yes, Lord. Yes Lord. Yes, yes Lord. Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen. Take it out, say yes, yes, Lord, amen. Yes, yes, Lord, amen. Yes, yes, Lord, amen. Yes, yes, Lord, amen. Yes, yes, Lord. Amen. Yes, yes, Lord. Amen.
0: Hallelujah!
1: Hallelujah!
0: So, Father, we just thank you today for joy. Yeah! And, Father, we thank you for joy in your kingdom. And, Lord, I thank you that we can rejoice in you and we can rejoice in your promises. Come on. If if, if this message was just hitting home for you today, just pet bowed nice goes this hitting home with you, and it's just hard right now. But, but you're saying, God, I, help me to walk in the joy that you have. I want you just to raise your hands. I want to pray for you for a moment. God, for all those who hands are raised, God, Lord, where well, there's battles, there's trials, there's difficulties. God, there's some, some grieving this season. There's some things they've walked through. I thank you today for that supernatural fruit of the joy of the Holy Spirit. God, as they choose to look to you, as they choose to fix their eyes on you and your promises, And we just speak that I take authority right now in the name of Jesus over every attack of the enemy that would try and drag them down. We bind it and rebuke it. And I thank you that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, just declare it today. Say, The joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on, say it again. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength in jesus name and so father we just received this but lord i pray help us god not just a hype service but that we're going to live this monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday in jesus name we love you lord thank you for sending jesus thank you that jesus is coming again and thank you for joy in this christmas season and everyone agreed with me today said Amen, amen, amen. All right, well, we are at the end, and my voice is just about at its end as well. So we all have a great week. Let's live this out, amen. Let's love each other, support each other. Yo, we've been doing a lot of spiritual stuff today. So one more spiritual thing you can do before you go. Greet somebody you don't know. Love on them in Jesus' name. Get to know them better. That's just as spiritual as worshiping, praying, everything else. But we love you. God bless you. Remember, next week we got the kids. Week after that, we have three Christmas Eve day services. Invite somebody who doesn't know Jesus because we're going to be sharing the good news. God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday.
1: Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Amen yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, 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 yes, Oh, yes, Lord, 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 yes, yes, Lord Waiting my Shame! I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness. Yeah, yeah. I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying them down. I'm laying them down for the joy joy of the Lord. So we say, Yes, Lord, yes Lord. Yes, Lord, yes Lord, yes, yes. You can't do that now. Yes, Lord, yes. Yes, not yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, That ain't right, Pastor Samuel. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, amen. Sing it again, say yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, Yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. I can't say yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, 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 Lord, amen. Yes, yes, Lord, Lord. amen. One more time we say, yes, yes, Lord.